and we are rolling. We are back home this time for the road to Paris, back from Alaska, back from the AVP Hermosa Beach Open, and we're all caught up in the can in the Canada Montreal Elite 16 fever. As you can see, Austin, he thinks he's Canadian. He's wearing uh, his favorite outfit from Uncle Jake McNeil. He's got his maple leaf on. He's got his bucket hat on. He's just well, he's the biggest fan of Melissa Humana Paredes and Brandy Wilkerson, the gold medalist again. Second gold medal of the year for Melissa Humana Paredes and Brandy Wilkerson. A huge gold at home in Montreal. And before I get into Mel and Brandy, I just have to commend all of the Canadian fans out there in Montreal. It was an awesome tournament. Adrian Carambula had a hilariously hot mic moment when he was asked, well, how about these fans in Montreal? And he said, effing awesome. And then he Oops, whoopsies, earmuffs, kids. But Adrian loved it. All the players that I talked to loved being out there in Montreal. Mel and Brandy obviously loved being out there in Montreal. A huge gold medal. And after a titanic defensive battle between Mel and Kristen Nuss in a night match in the quarterfinals, she told the fans, listen, you guys are worth two to three points per set. And they were two to three points per set that Mel and Brandy needed four straight times they went to three in elimination rounds. The first started off with Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes. How about that draw? You have the four and the two seeds playing one another to play into the three in Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth. They were down 4-8 in the third set to Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes, the number two team in the world. Now, granted, this is exactly what happened in the Stad Elite 16 quarterfinals when Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes were down 4-8, ended up winning that. This time, Mel and Brandy flipped the script, win 17-15, Fended off two match points. Then they beat Kristen and Taryn in three. Then they beat Shinyi Sha and Chen Shu. More on them in a bit. In three. And then in the finals, they beat Betsy Flint and Julius Goals. And guess what? Three sets. 15-13. Sealed off by a Brandy Wilkerson blocker. 21st of the tournament. She finished second in the tournament in blocks. And I said it during the Yermala Challenge that I think that Mel and Brandy are the best defensive team in the world. And I still think that. Mel played... The best defense I have ever seen her play. And I've seen her play some astonishingly good defense before. And this was another level. Stoked for Mel and Brandy. They are now number eight in the world in the Olympic rankings. And you're not going to hear me talk about them a whole heck of a lot on this show anymore. Because I think they're a shoe-in for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. They are averaging 880 points per event, which is actually higher than Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes. So once they get up to have the same amount of finishes as Kelly and Sarah, as Duda and Anna Patricia, they're going to be right in that conversation. I'm pegging them as a medal favorite in Paris 2024. I think Duda and Anna Patricia are my leader. If I'm setting odds, which I can I can set odds. I can do a little odds-making show if you want. Duda and Anna Patricia are my favorite to win gold. Kelly Chang, Sarah Hughes, another favorite to medal. And Depending on how the brackets work out, Mel and Brandy are probably my number three team as far as medal contenders for Paris. Now, for here, buddy, I'll take, we're going to take his little Canada hat off because it's getting hot in the studio. Now, as for that team that they played in the finals, Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes, no team had a better two weeks than Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes. They took a fifth in Edmonton. They were the highest finishing American team in both Edmonton, which was a challenge, and Montreal, which was an Elite 16. And all they did in Montreal was, oh, well, they qualified, and then they broke pool, and then they beat Australians, Taliku Clancy and Maria Feyer-Tacho. And they didn't just beat them. They won 21-17, 21-10. And then they 
embarked on the most epic comeback I have ever seen in a match in my life. Down 14-9 to Anna Patricia and Duda in the third set, and they charged all the way back, went up 15-14, ended up winning 17-15 in the third set. At one point, they were down 11-4. Chase Flint, Betsy's awesome husband, he even turned off the TV. He couldn't stand it, couldn't watch it anymore, and then bam, Never count out Betsy Flint and Julia's goals. Even when Julia got hurt in the finals, gritted her way through it, they lost 15-13 in an amazing final. And Mel, in her post-match interview, said, you know what, we had no answers for them. It was their ninth match of the tournament. And then combined on that, when they were in Edmonton, they had played so much volleyball, they were clearly exhausted, and yet they just kept after it and after it. And now... Betsy Flint and Julius Goals just jumped Therese Cannon and Sarah Sponsel. They are the, now the number seven team in the world in the Olympic ranks, number three in the United States, and they are rolling. They're playing amazing beach volleyball, and that was the finish that they needed. They'd been knocking on the door of Elite 16s this whole season, hadn't meddled since the Torquay Elite 16 in the fall of 2022, finally got back on the podium, and what a time to do it. Silver medal at an Elite 16 throwing themselves back into the Olympic race. They clinched their world championship berth in, in Mexico later this fall. And world champs, again, that's the race within the race. All you want to do is solidify your spot in world championships, and you are going to be in good shape for the Olympic Games. And Betsy Flint and Julius Goals, they are now in excellent shape. Now, they have a bit of a strategical decision. So the next event on the world tour is the Hamburg Elite 16, and that, combined, that conflicts with the Manhattan Beach Open. Betsy and Julia's silver medal will not impact their entry points for the Hamburg Elite 16. So right now, they are seated seventh in the qualifier. By the time you're watching it, it could change. What I would do if I were Betsy and Julia, which I am not, and I'm also not their coach. That's April Ross. She has been had a decent career, I would say. They're probably going to go to Hamburg. What I would do is skip Hamburg, wait for the Paris Elite 16, where they'll probably be in the main draw automatically, and I would play the Manhattan Beach Open. However... It's not up to me. And right now, the Olympic race is so close between our American women that they're just going to play every event that they can get into. And with the way that they're playing right now, there's no reason. I can see why they wouldn't skip it. So it's a win-win, really, for Betsy and Julie. And Betsy has a great history in Hamburg. She won gold there last year with Kelly Chang. So might as well go back there again. Now, the third biggest storyline from Edmonton and Montreal, our Canada special episode is Shin Yi Sha and Chen Xu. All season long, I've been waiting for all these teams having success in challenges to have success at an Elite 16. Betsy and Julia, bam, had success in Elite 16, took a silver medal. Chen Xu and Shin Yi Sha, the gold medalist in the Itapema challenge, they hadn't done much in Elite 16s. They'd only had one main draw, took a ninth place in that main draw. And then they worked their way back up into bronze, beat Kachistam and Raisa Skun of the Netherlands after they won pool. They honestly should have beat Mel and Brandy in their semifinal. But Mel and Brandy, again, that Montreal crowd, two to three points per set, helped them out. And also two to three points per set from Brandy Wilkerson's jump serve. Goodness gracious. Her jump serve has leveled up a source of so many points this weekend, and it's just going to keep getting better and better because she really only started working on it this past winter when Dan Wainerake and Marcio Sicoli took over as their head coaches. And Dan said, well, can you hit a ball? And Brandy said, yes. He goes, okay, toss and hit the ball. And that's what they did. They just repped it out, toss and hit, toss and hit. Brandy had back-to-back -back aces to steal that first set over China, ended up going to three, ended up winning. So when you combine Brandy's jump serving, with Brandy's blocking, with Mel's defense, with Brandy's side out, now with Brandy's hand setting, 
which is enhancing Mel's side out. It's a team that they're already one of the best in the world, but their trajectory is just going up and up and up. So those were our three major storylines. Also, I do want to point out that the Chinese team beat Kelly Chang and Sarah Hughes in pool play. They beat Barbara and Carol, the hottest team in the world. They were coming in on three straight wins, won the South American Championships, won in Espino, won in Edmonton, currently the number one in the Olympic rankings. However, their average per event isn't number one, but grand total, they are number one. So significant event for Chen Xu and Xin Yi Sha. The last major storyline for the women is the Brazilian women. And I think that Barbara and Carol, they've staked themselves to that number two spot firmly. You know, there's there's so many Brazilian women. There's Victoria Lopez and Tana Silva. They are number six in the Olympic race. Anna Patricia and Duda are number two. Barbara and Carol are number one. Agatha and Rebecca are making a late push. Then you have Andressa Cavalcanti and Vitoria de Souza. I'm not buying anyone, but Anna Patricia and Duda, even with that crazy comeback against Betsy and Julio notwithstanding, and I'm only buying Barbara and Carol. I think that they are the only two teams in the Brazilian Women's Federation who have the capability to medal in Paris. And I think they're just going to get better and better. Barbara and Carol seem to be finding their stride very well. And Patricia and Duda, as Scott Davenport said on our podcast, he looks and goes, I don't know how they ever lose. I don't know how anybody ever beats them. And so they're, that's the first time that they haven't medaled in the last several events. It's been a couple of months since we haven't seen Anna, Patricia, and Duda on a podium. And when they're not on the podium, it's usually Barbara and Carol. So Barbara and Carol, I'm buying in. Anna, Patricia, and Duda, buying in for the Brazilian women. Now we're going to take a brief Waikia water break before we switch over to the men. Would you like to take our producer number two? Producer number one, our squirmy producer is going to be handed off to mom. Now, sparkling waters, they just hit different in the summer. Thank you to YK for adding a little sparkle to our waters here. And I have to give another shout out to a sponsor of this specific show, and that is Gooder. They make some of the sleekest sunglasses I've ever had. And the best part is they're only $25. Typically, I wear the all-black ones, which are called a ginger sole, which is hysterical. But I lost the black ones due to a tragic kayaking accident while we were in Alaska. Did a little kayak flip, and when I came up, well, the ginger sole, they were down. So now I'm wearing Mick and Keith's Midnight Adventure. I keep forgetting that this is their name. I keep calling it, uh, or it's Mick and Keith's Midnight Ramble. That's what it's called. And I keep calling it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Either way, that's part of the appeal of these Gooder sunglasses. Not only are they 100% polarized, they're super cheap, just 25 bucks. I was able to replace the Ginger Soul really quickly with Mick and Keith's Midnight Ramble. And the names are hilarious. Now, if you want to find out all of our discounts for all sponsors from Waikia to Wilson, Athletic Greens is right here as well to Gooder. It's at the bottom of the show notes. We have a specific link. You can get discount codes for all of them, but Gooder in specific. It's summer. It's hot. You need some shades. So you can do no better than Gooder. Now, on to the men. What a show we had. You know, when I was talking to my co-commentator, Simon Golding, absolutely love working with Simon. I said that 
I don't want to see any other gold medal match, but Anders Moll and Christian Swarm versus Andy Benish and Miles Partain. And boy, oh boy, did we deliver. Well, did we deliver? Did they deliver? Got another gold medal match between those two, between Norway and the United States. And that sweeping Stad that Andy and Miles had over Norway was no fluke. They beat them twice in Stad. And to and for some people, it might have seemed that, okay, Norway hadn't seen him yet, hadn't gotten the scouting report, could have been a surprise. But Andy and Miles went three again. They were up 15-13 in full control of that first set, and then Anders went full Anders. And I have to give credit. It's why I put on my Beach Volley Vikings hat for this one. Such good sportsmen. They end up winning that on a 7 and an 8-2 run to close that first set, end up winning 21-17. And for a lot of players, when Anders does that to you, that's going to carry into the second set. It didn't. Miles, just 21 years old, so precocious, so talented, not phased at all. They end up winning that second set, going three. Anders takes back over. It's just a great rivalry. It reminds me a lot of Roger Federer starting to dominate on the ATP and World Tennis Tour. And then here comes Rafael Nadal. Here comes Novak Djokovic. And that's sort of the role that I see Andy Miles play. They'll be the Nadal to Norway's Federer, where they're just these young, spunky kids, and they're coming up, and it's great for the sport. And you could see how emotional Christian and Anders were after they won. And Anders wrote on Instagram that it's good to be back on top, as if he had ever left. They've made seven straight finals, and they've won four of those. Since 2019, they've won 55% of the tournaments they have played in. That's just obscene. But this was the cleanest tournament they've had in a long time. The only set they dropped was in that finals to Andy and Miles, and that's the number two seed, and they ended up winning that third set convincingly. So good on Anders and Miles, or on Anders and Christian, good on Andy and Miles. Andy and Anders tied for the top with 38 blocks apiece. And so we're seeing two phenomenal world-class blockers just going after it. The whole beach volleyball world won this weekend in Montreal by having Mel and Brandy win at home, keeping that huge crowd in the stands, and then we won again by having the best final we could have asked for by a budding rivalry that Anders mentioned that he expects to see time and time again that I am hoping selfishly we get to see time and time again. And it was another huge weekend for Andy and Miles. They've now won three straight medals. They won a bronze in the Ostrava Elite 16. They won gold in the Stad Elite 16. Then they won a silver. So they had the full sweep of medals with that silver in Montreal. They're the first American team to win three major medals since Phil and Nick did so when they teamed back up in the fall of 2015. It's good company to be in because Phil and Nick ended up being ranked number one in the world at one point in 2016. We're favorites to medal. In Rio, but the way the bracket worked out, it was kind of sad that they played Alisson and Bruno in the quarterfinals. Should have been the final. That's why I always get so nervous with these Olympics. I hope that we see an Anders and Christian versus Andy and Miles match when it matters most, and that's in the semifinals or the finals. But that is down the road. For now, Andy and Miles are the new leaders in the American men's Olympic race. They officially jumped Triborn and Came Shock, officially jumped Trevor Crabb and Theo Bruner. Theo pulled Theo and Trevor pulled out of Montreal, just by the way, because he had a slight strain in his gluteus maximus. He's fine. He's healthy. He'll be in Atlanta. They'll be back in Manhattan. Everyone's skipping the Hamburg Elite 16 except for Miles and Andy. But Miles and Andy are the leaders in both gross total points and points per finish, despite having several fewer events than the other two teams in the United States. Chase Budinger and Miles Evans making a late push. 
did great work getting out of the qualifier, beating a very good Spanish team in Adrian Gavira and Pablo Herrera. Ended up taking a ninth, losing again to Evandro and Arthur. They just can't avoid those guys. They've played them in five out of six tournaments internationally this year. It's ridiculous. And Chase and Miles are just going to miss out on world championships by my calculations. And granted, I'm a writer, I'm a commentator, numbers aren't my thing, but by my calculations, they're just going to miss out on world champs, and that is a dagger. They're not going to be able to get into the Hamburg Elite 16, I don't think, and so they're going to be at home in Manhattan. Hamburg is the cutoff for world championships, so I think the United States will be sending Andy and Miles, Try and Came, and Trevor and Theo, and I think Chase and Miles will just miss out on that. The second biggest storyline for the men is Adrian Carambula and Alex Rangieri back on the podium in February. They looked unbelievable. Alex Rangieri looked like a totally different player when they won bronze in the Doha Elite 16. Haven't been on the podium since, and they were in danger of slipping back into the qualifiers as their countrymen Paolo Nikolai and Sam Kultafava have done. However, a fifth in Stad, a fifth in Ostrava, and then a bronze medal here in Montreal. That's going to keep them out of the qualifiers yet again. They're going to avoid those. Good for them. Good for Adrian. So fun to watch. I love commentating. I love commentating in general, but I love commentating matches where Adrian Carambula is involved because he is just such an entertainer. He's so creative. He's so artistic, and he's always just messing around with the cameras. He had a float serve ace to win that first set of their bronze medal match over Vandro and Arthur. And what does he do? He flexes down, of course. <laughs> love, love Adrian. It was a huge result for them. And now they are firmly in control of that top Italian spot because Cotafava and Nikolai, they did great work in Edmonton, ended up winning a bronze medal there. Shocked that I didn't see them in the finals given the draw that happened as Portugal's Joao Pedrosa and Hugo Campos, they won the most unexpected gold medal of the season. So I did want to take a moment to give them their, their proper due for that. But Sam Cotafava and Paolo Nikolai, good bronze medal to get off the struggle bus in Edmonton, and then they lost to Pedro and Guto in the last round of the qualifier. Would have been a really nice string of events had they been able to get into the main draw and make some moves in the main draw. But Kodafava and Nikolai, back in the qualifiers they go. They'll be back in the qualifier in the Hamburg Elite 16. So Adrian and Alex, they are way, way in control of their Olympic fate. Coming into the season, I thought this Italian race would be the biggest battle there is between Adrian and Alex, Kodafava and Nikolai, and Daniele Lupo and Enrico Rossi. But Enrico Rossi and Daniele Lupo, they've lost in the first round of two straight qualifiers. For some reason, they got the wild card into the qualifier of the Hamburg Elite 16. But if they don't make moves in Hamburg, I think that their Olympic hopes are totally done because they're not going to make it into world champs. And it's going to be tough. I don't know what the schedule for 2024 is going to look like, but you only have until June 9th. And right now their points are dwindling to the point that they're going to be buried deep in challenge qualifiers. And it's hard enough to make it out of challenge qualifiers, much less make big enough moves in those qualifiers to get into the main draw, to get your points good enough to get back into Elite 16 qualifiers, which are nightmares to get through. So once you lose those four good finishes, goodness, it is so difficult. So Adrian and Alex firmly in control of that Italian race. Now, the Brazilian men's race is what I thought the Italian men's race would look like. It reminds me of this scene from one of my favorite movies, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, where they're just talking about what they're going to do when they... It's a race for money, right? And there's this big bag of money at the end. They're talking about what everyone's going to do when they get there, how they're going to break it up from this group. And someone says, you know what? Every way we figured it, 
somebody doesn't like the way we figured it. So it's every man for themselves. And in this situation, I thought we had it figured out. I thought George and Andre were elite. I thought they were going to be making their push. And then they don't break pool. And then Evandro and Arthur, they've been up and down. They've made five semifinals this year, but sometimes they have these puzzling losses. And Arthur, sometimes I, I watch him, and, I'm, and I don't know if he can make that push into that big Elite 16 level. And then he takes a fourth in Montreal. And then you have Hinato Lima and Vitor Philippe. They barbecue out of Edmonton, and then they take a fifth. And I just cannot make heads or tails of this Brazilian men's race. But I tell you what, it is entertaining and super fun to watch. I'm here for it. And Vittoria and Hanato, they almost took down Andy Benish and Miles Partain, snuck away with the first set against them, ended up losing in three, but they looked tremendous. But then again, that was on the heels of them barbecuing out of Edmonton. So I'm not going to sit here and make any predictions. I do think that Andre and George are the pick that I'm going with. And right now, Evandro and Arthur, their consistency, you can't argue with five semifinals. Granted, they need to start winning some medals because they keep getting fourth and fourth and fourth, but... They're, they're legit. They're elite. And I keep waiting for them to drop off, and they don't. They just get better and better and better. And, and Evandro, the leadership he's showing on his team with Arthur, I've been very impressed with him because a lot of times he's very hard on his partners. Him and Bruno, they just didn't look like they meshed that well. Him and Arthur are meshing really well. And it's showing as they are now the number two team in the men's Olympic race. Number three, pardon me. Number two is George and Andre. Actually, let me just fact check myself on this one. Uh, and another good note, I had this written down, is that they beat Sharif and Ahmed in the quarterfinals. Now, granted, Sharif and Ahmed are just sort of playing B-minus volleyball relative to their talent. and so. But anytime you get a win over a team like that, that's a noteworthy win. So Evandro and Arthur, they are number two in the Olympic race behind only Anders Moll and Christian Sorum. They're averaging 598 points per event. George and Andre are number three in the Olympic race. They're averaging 653 points per event. So technically, George and Andre have the edge there. Number five in the world in the Olympic race is Vitor Philippe and Hanato Lima. They're averaging 544 points per event. So George and Andre have a slight lead in points per event. Evandro and Arthur are basically neck and neck with Vitor and Hanato. So I'm here for it. And now we have our final section of the day, ladies and gentlemen. The struggle bus. Actually, I'm just... I'm putting it in reverse. This is the reverse struggle bus. This is the opportunity. It was two straight events. A number of teams got off the struggle bus. That begins with Isaac Carricker and Mark Nicolaitis. Had a nice run in Edmonton. Ended up taking ninth, but they beat Vitor Philippe and Hanato Lima. Swept them. And as I've mentioned a number of times, that second round of pool and challenges, if you win your first, doesn't matter. So they ended up taking a ninth, losing in three in that ninth place round. And then they made a main draw and a very difficult qualifier, ended up winning a wild match deep in three against Triborn and Came Shock, swept the countrymen, Chris McHugh and Paul Burnett to make the main draw. And then they went to three every single match, went to three with Robbie Mewson and Alex Brower, went to three with York DeGroote and Matthew Emmers, went to three in... What I think is my favorite match I've watched all year against Andy Benish and Miles Partain. Isaac Carricker was awesome. Mark Nicolaitis looks really good again. That's a team that I'm expecting to begin to make moves because I don't know what the deal with their rut was earlier this year. They just weren't playing their best ball. That's the best ball I've seen them play this season, looking very much like the team that took a ninth last year in the World Championships. They're off the struggle bus. 
Martin Ermacora and Philip Waller, they have had a tough time, especially had a tough time in Espina where they lost to Theo Bruner and Trevor Crabb in the last round of the qualifier, and it just looked, it looked bad. And then what do they do in Edmonton? They qualify, and then they sweep Theo and Trevor in the first round of Edmonton. End up taking a fifth in Edmonton, their best finish of the season. So they are off the struggle bus. Also off the struggle bus, I don't know if Ola Vakovic and Jagoda Krasinska of Poland were ever really on the struggle bus, but they were just never really riding any sort of momentum and good vibes this season. But they ended up coming out taking a fifth in Montreal, and now they are number 20 in the Olympic rankings, making a late push to get into the World Championships. And Ola, she's cool. I stayed with her for about two weeks last year, maybe two years ago, when I was playing with Adam Roberts down in Florida. And so it was fun getting to train and hang out with her for a while. Has a mean jump serve. They almost took down Anna Patricia and Duda in three. Ended up beating Barbara and Carol, the hottest team in the world, in three in that ninth place round to get them into the quarterfinals. So tremendous run by Poland and a somewhat unexpected one, but good on them. I don't know if they were on the struggle bus, but now they are firmly riding the lightning right now, heading into European championships, which I'll, I'll mention in a couple minutes. And the last team jumping off the struggle bus is Kachistam and Raisa Skon. So a couple weeks ago, I put the whole Dutch Federation on the struggle bus because they just hadn't really done a whole lot since Stefan Bormans and York de Groot ended up taking a silver medal in the La Paz challenge and that was way back in March. Since then it's just been good, not great results. And Kaistam and Rice Schoon, they took back to back to back ninths, which for a team that was previously ranked number one in the world, for a team that won the Paris Elite 16, for a team that won the Doha Elite 16 to start the season, was unlike them. And then they came out, ended up taking a fourth in Montreal. They still want that podium, didn't quite get it, but a fourth is a very good finish. That's their second best finish of the season. Ended up beating Melon Brandy and then had a some, I mean, you have to consider it a dream draw to play Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes in the semifinals instead of Anna Patricia and Duda ended up falling to Betsy and Julia. Just couldn't quite maintain their leads, but that fourth place finish, second best of the season. They're off the struggle bus. The Dutch Federation off the struggle bus. Now, next up, and for those wondering, the Dutch women, Kai Stam and Rice is going there, number 12 in the Olympic rakes. So that is it for the Canada special of this road to Paris. Next up is the AVP Atlanta. Obviously, that does not count for any sort of Olympic implications, just letting you all know. In Vienna, Austria, one of the greatest places in the world to play beach volleyball. Best crowds ever. That will be European Championships. I believe you can watch that on CEV TV. I'll let you know. I'll put something up on my Instagram for where you can watch that. I highly recommend it because that's a fully loaded field. And for the men's side, anyway, Europe is far superior in beach volleyball right now. That's the highest quality beach volleyball in the world. Anders Moll, Christian Swarm trying to get back on top. It was David Amon and Jonathan Helvig who took their crown last year in the European Championship. So that should be a fun one. And those points will count for Olympic rankings. So there are Olympic implications for European Championships as well as World Championship implications as well. As for the next stop on the Beach Pro Tour, the Hamburg Elite 16 is the next major tournament. Only Miles Partain and Andy Benish are going for the men. Four of our women's teams are going. Kristen Nuss and Taryn Kloth in the main draw. Kelly Chang, Sarah Hughes in the main draw. Betsy Flint and Julia Scholes are in the qualifier. Therese Cannon and Sarah Sponsel are in the main draw. And for Therese and Sarah, this is a huge 
tournament because they have had a couple bad finishes in the row on the brink of being struggle bus territory. And if they don't have a good finish, they're going to be back into the qualifiers of Elite 16s, and that's just not where you want to be. So that is a huge, huge, huge tournament, especially for Therese and Sarah. It's a big one. Any Elite 16 is big for anyone, but for Therese and Sarah, it's especially big. And again, if I'm Betsy and Julia, I'm taking off. I'm playing Manhattan. I'm waiting for those entry points for Montreal to kick in, and I'm waiting for Paris. But we'll see what they do. For now, they are still in it. They're still going to Atlanta. So it's been a pleasure, as always. Hanging out with you guys on the road to Paris. Had to make sure we kept producer number two in a good mood. So mom's out walking, but I hope you enjoyed his all-Canadian outfit. So until after the Hamburg Elite 16, see you next time. I'll see you guys in Manhattan Beach. So until then, shoot.